0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, it's, a true, it's truly a joy to be back at Tyndale. Uh, this is a place where I graduated with an MDiv in Pastoral Ministries in 2004. And it's been 14 years, and I'm uh, it's really excited to be back here sharing with you. Uh, there are so many fun memories, formative experiences, and deep friendships that I've come out of this place and so I'm truly, truly thankful for the gift Tyndale has been to me. I want to also thank uh, George Sweetman and James Brooke for the invitation to join the conversation on race, the church in Canada and uh, I'm here to share my, some of my story uh, and experiences here in Canada and just a few uh, thoughts and invitations to you as God's church. Today Canada's um, growing more diverse as, even as we speak. Uh, the increase in immigration and tourism and technological advancements and employment opportunities and the study abroad opportunities has not only made the world more accessible but has also opened the door in Canada for many, many people like me. Uh, who only considered it to be a dream in the past. Not only that, many people have fled persecution and oppression and war in their homeland, and have come to Canada as refugees. Uh, If you just check history, people have come from South America and Southeast Asia and Central America, the Middle East and Africa to Canada. As a result, what has happened in Canada is Canada has become one of the most ethnically diverse countries in the world. And with that, if you look at the mix-up of Canada, there's 198 of Canada's total population is immigrants. In the last four decades, the racial or visible minorities have grown from 1% of the population in 1971 to 19.8% in 2005 and we are in 2018 now. Imagine the growth that's happening. And the reason I'm kind of sharing all this is to invite you to consider that whether people have been here in Canada for generations or people have come because they were forced to come to Canada or because of opportunities that were in Canada, regardless of where they come from, and who they are. Every single individual in Canada has a story. Every single individual in Canada has a story to tell. And I'm from South India, and I'm married to a Korean-Canadian. I have two daughters. My oldest daughter is three years old, and my youngest is one year old. And just a couple of months ago, I was talking to my, my oldest daughter over dinner, and I was just asking her about her, her day. Uh, she goes to a Montessori school, and so I was asking how her day went and how, um, if there was anything that she wanted to talk about. And out of nowhere in that conversation, over the dinner table, she pointed to her skin, and she said, Appa. "Apa" means dad in both my language and in my wife's language, Korean. She said, Appa, I am white, but you are brown. And it just shocked me. My heart started beating faster and my mind immediately rushed to my childhood. Growing up in India, which has a history of being colonized, um, had a presence of the Portuguese, the French, the British. And The cultural narrative in India, even to this day, is that the lighter your skin is, you are beautiful. And dark was considered something people wanted to get rid of. So they apply a lot of creams and invest a lot of resources on skin creams to make themselves light-skinned or beautiful. And when my daughter touched her skin and said, Papa, I'm white, you're brown. My memories went back to my childhood when I used to argue with my brothers and my brothers would make fun of me saying I look more like my dad and not my mom. And I would argue back at them and say, no, 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 I look more like my mom and not my dad. And the reason I would argue is because my dad was darker in his skin tone and my mom was lighter in her skin tone. And so as soon as my daughter mentioned that, my memories went back to that. And it made me wonder why my daughter wanted to associate herself with white and not with brown or yellow, which is her parents' color. What influenced her? Why why am I talking about yellow and brown and white? Because that's the cultural narrative. That's what the culture talks about when it talks about race. Race is basically a social construct. Race is a label we use to categorize who we are and who others are. We categorize people based on their skin color, their body shape, their hair form, and their eye shape. And we have used these visual differences to classify people into four or five groups like white and black and brown and yellow and red, and we call them races. And I came to Canada in January of 2001, and a few months later, something happened that changed a lot of things in North America. September 11, 2001 changed how people who are brown-skinned are viewed And I have been questioned several times crossing the border by immigration officers about my name. My name is Samuel Williams. I'm from India. And the immigration officers would look at my passport and look at my face and look at my passport and look at my face and some with annoyance and some with a smirk in their face or some just would make make fun of me and they would ask, how did you get this name? Your face and your name doesn't match. How did you give this name? And I would have to share with them and explain to them how a few generations ago, my whole family converted to Christianity in India, and they adopted a British name, Williams. And that's been in my family for the last few generations. And the first few times when I was questioned about my name, it shook me to the core. Imagine being asked every time you travel if you are the person that you are saying you are. Are you Samuel Williams? Imagine someone challenging you with your own identity. And I was filled with shame. Needless to say, I was embarrassed. Some days, if the questioning was rough with these immigration officers, I couldn't help but think, God, I wish I wasn't born brown. I couldn't help myself think, I wish I was some other color so I wouldn't experience these treatments. And in the past 17 years of my travel, you won't believe how many times the machine at the airports have randomly picked me to be checked. This is what they would say the machine picked you randomly. To be checked. And once I was so frustrated. I said you know what. Just once I just want to walk through this airport. Without being patted down. Without being checked. Without being discriminated. And so I decided to take nothing. No backpack nothing. I took my wallet. Put it in my friend's backpack. And I just had my passport. And said I, I just want to walk through. And have nothing beep. And then I walked through. There was no beep. No beep. And for a second, I thought, yes, finally I get to walk through. Only to hear the voice of the person there saying, sir, please step aside, we need to pat you down. During my first year at Tyndale, I was staying on campus and one night I went out for coffee with my Indian-Canadian friend and on our way back, we were followed by a police car to the parking lot. And after my friend parked the car, he asked what the problem was to the police officers. And the police officer said that we both, me and my friend, fit the description of someone they were looking for. And that's why they followed us. Now you might hear these stories or hear these experiences and say, you know, feel indifferent to it. But these are my stories. These are systemic Injustices that someone in a brown skin experiences on a day-to-day basis. When I struggle to process these experiences, I would share it with my church. And so I would go to my church and say, you know, these are some of the experiences I'm having. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited to be in a multicultural context. But, no, you know, it feels hard to be in my skin. And I'd share these stories of how I'm treated when I travel and when I'm in different places. And sometimes people in the church would feel sorry for me. And sometimes they didn't know how to respond. They didn't know what to do when I shared things like this. And other times, it turned into terrorist jokes. No exaggeration. Over the years, I've been made the focus of hundreds of terrorist jokes in the church. I'm not talking about outside the church. Inside the church. Not only that, once my church was renting a space from another church in Toronto, and we also rented a couple of offices for the pastors, and one of the offices was for me. And one of the one day they asked for the key for my office. And when... And they said, you know, you need to keep that door open all the time. And they took the key back. And just for my office, not the other pastors. And when they were questioned about it, they said, it's because I was black. I have so many other stories where I was overlooked or treated different in the church as a brown person. In Toronto, the world's most multicultural city. And the reason I'm sharing these is because these are not just mere stories. These are experiences of one race saying I am superior or inferior than the other. But we need to be careful when you hear stories like this because this is just one story. In 2009, the Nigerian writer Chimamanda Gosi gave a fabulous TED talk called The Danger of a Single Story. If you get an opportunity, please listen to it. It's very important to this conversation. The danger of a single story. And she points out this. This is what she says in her talk. She says, show the people as only one thing over and over again, and that is what they will become. Power is the ability to not just tell the story of another person, but to make it a definitive story of that person. And she says this. This was powerful. She says, start the story with the arrows of the Native Americans and not with the arrival of the British, and you will have an entirely different story. Start the story with the failure of the African state and not the colonial creation of the African state, and you will have an entirely different story. Stories are important, but it's not just enough to say one side of the story. The church needs to engage in a conversation like this where stories are shared, experiences are exchanged. And the church needs to go beyond race and talk about the biblical imagination to talk about difference and diversity. In Revelation 7, verses 9 to 10, John writes this. He says, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation and tribe and people and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. If you just pause and reflect on these words, the imagination he has goes beyond what the culture talks about race. He uses four words here. Nation, tribe, people, language. And each of it is a weighty word. Each of it means something. The word nation is where we get the word ethnicity from and has to do with customs and culture and what the uh, world outside talks about as race. Tribe has something to do with familial belonging. And when he says people, it's, it's talking about geographical grouping of people coming from different regions of the world. And then there's this word language which refers to the native tongue of people. What a beautiful picture it is. It's beyond skin color. It's much more complex than just the outward appearance. So what I would like to suggest to us as followers of Jesus, as the church, and as representatives of different local churches, are three things as I close. The first is, we as a church need to create space to listen to people's stories. We need to create space to listen to people's stories. If you look at the collective history of Canada, we all will hear about the Indian residential school system in Canada, and the story of many of our aboriginal brothers and sisters in Canada. And established in 1870 and funded by the Canadian government, these schools were run by Christian churches to educate the First Nations and Inuit and Metis children, to integrate them into the new system. And they were forcibly removed from their homes and communities and and their names were taken away from them. And at school children were forbidden from speaking their own language and from participating in their traditional way of life. A whole generation of children grew up without their parents and without their communities. Even more heartbreaking is a lot of them were abused in different ways. I had an opportunity a few years ago to go to one of these residential schools in Ontario. And as I was walking through the hallway of the school, the First Nations elder was telling us stories, reliving these stories of all those things that happened in the school of this is where the children were brought in, and this is where their names were taken away, and this is where they were given numbers, and this is where certain abuse took place, and it just broke me, just messed me up. And I began to tear up and began to cry as I heard their story. And after the orientation was done, we were all so overwhelmed with what we heard and we asked the elder first nations elder how can we help we are so sorry how can we help and this were different ethnicities represented and this is what the elder said I will never forget he said I just want you to listen I just want you all to hear us acknowledge our story the church needs to speak truth from all sides not just one sided stories from all sides the truth of what we have experienced the truth of misunderstandings and hurts and rejections and prejudice and confess and repent and find new ways of relating how we have offended each other And as the spirit prompts us and leads us to be more open to God's reconciliation and this new community that is only possible because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, we need to create space to hear stories. Second, celebrate diversity and encourage diversity. We are all created in the image of God and we all have equal value and worth. We all... We're also different. We all have equal value and dignity and worth and created in God's image, but we're all different. We are not just different just simply because of our color, but also because of the region we grew up in, the experiences we have, the educations we have, the family stories. And sometimes because of our language, because of the accent, like the accent I have, because of our customs, our values, our rituals, we are different in many ways. And as someone said, this is a much richer way of speaking about diversity, not just with spiritual gifts, but the whole package of our experiences and culture and values and traditions that we bring in to enrich the church. And we should not feel embarrassed or ashamed of where we come from. We must not become colorblind either. You know, as some people say, I don't see any race. We're all the same. The church is one. No, no. We need to acknowledge the difference and celebrate the different differences. The gospel of Jesus brings us in our differences and unites us in Jesus Christ. Fits us together, people of different tribes and tongues and nations. And that's why when John sees this picture of the heavens, he doesn't see differences disappear. He sees nations and tribes and languages singing praise to God. Diversity needs to be celebrated. Also, diversity needs to be encouraged. In my own, because of my own experience in our church, um, I have my pastor, one of my pastors here. We decided from the time we planted a church, we are a five year church plan now. We decided when we have the leadership, when we have pastors, we are going to bring a diverse voice, not just one ethnic representation. A diverse voice into the church. Encourage diversity. I'm also, as I mentioned earlier, the co founder of Fluid, a young adults gathering. And one of the things we decided this, is, this March is going to be our seventh year for the conference. One of the things we decided from year one is we are going to re- have a wide representation of nations and tribes and tongues and languages. Ethnicity is represented. To hear the diverse voices of how God is working through their experiences, through their cultures, through their lenses. Celebrate diversity and encourage diversity. I don't know what context you are in, but find spaces where you can engage in that. And finally, I'll close with this. Have a place at the table for people different than you and ask questions. Jesus was profoundly interested in people's stories. He asked questions and he listened. And there's a difference between all of us being from different cultures, being in the same room and saying we are multicultural. We like to say that about Toronto. We like to say that about Canada. It's one of the most multicultural countries. uh, Toronto is the most multicultural city and we have a multicultural church. But there's a difference between having people of different differences in a room and having people who are different at the table and my invitation to you is to or encouragement to you is to invite people to the table not just say you have them in the room have them at the table ask questions do you have a place at the table of for people who are different than you do you know their stories? Think about your neighbor. Think about your classmate, your work colleague who's different than you. Do you know their story? Do you ask questions more than you impose your ideas? Do you listen? People are image bearers who have stories to tell. And we are called to hear them and listen to them and respond to them. I want to close with a quote from Dorothy Saul. And this is what she says. An old rabbi once asked his students how one would recognize the time when night ends and the day begins. And one of the students asked, is it when from a great distance you can tell a dog from a sheep? No, said the rabbi. Another student asked, is it when from a great distance you can tell a date palm from a fig tree? No, said the rabbi. Then when is it, the students asked, it is when you look into the face of any human creature and see your brother or your sister there. Until then, night is still with us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for what you always had in store for us, God. There's this beautiful scene of us worshiping from every type, tongue, and nation that goes beyond our skin colors. And we want to thank you for bringing us together as your church in and through Jesus Christ. And we pray, God, that you would give us the courage and the humility to create space to listen to other stories. May we create space for diversity. May we create space at the table for others to sit eye to eye. Would you do what only you can do in us? and Build your church for your glory. In Jesus' matchless name we pray, amen. God bless you.